episode 73 of the American Muslim Experience. My name is Zaki Hassan, and I'm here with my partner, Pervez Ahmed, sitting in our brand new recording space at Hub 925 in Pleasanton, California. I am ecstatic to be here with our guest, Zachary Markwith. Thank you, Bo, Zaki, Parvez. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, and, and I echo um, Zaki's words in terms of uh, how excited we are. I mean, I am just beyond words, uh, which is why probably I don't sound as excited as I truly am, because this is um, such a long time um, or a long desire and wish of mine to have a wonderful recording space like this. So I, I, I can't thank Zachary and, and the great folks at Hub 925 enough uh, for yeah, affording us this opportunity, and we'll be continuing to record from here, so which is equally exciting. So, thank you so much, and I, I guess that's a, probably a good place to start, Zachary. Is um, before we kind of delve into your origin story, uh, is probably tell us a little bit about about the space that we, we, we that, that we find ourselves in today. Um, sure. Yes, we're in, as you said, Hub 925 in Pleasanton. It's a space that was established by one of our community leaders and philanthropist, Sam Herbod. It's a gym, a uh, recording studio, an events uh, area, and uh, there's classrooms upstairs, a prayer space. It's sort of uh, a YMCA for Muslims, and uh, I think uh, if, if folks are able to, to come in, they'll, they'll see that uh, it's really a, a space for, for everyone, you know, people of other faiths, uh, you know, anyone who sort of wants to work on uh, the, their, their, their physical well-being, but we also have programs related to uh, spirituality, psychology, and other subjects. That's right. Um, and, and I've been fortunate enough to attend, um, and, and in fact, not only attend, but also partner with Hub925 in, in, in hosting an event here at Tetleaf, uh, or with Tetleaf Collective. And that was beautiful. And, uh, you know, not only is the space amazing, but um, uh, Sam has spared no expenses in terms of providing the sort of state of the art and uh, just a wonderful space. And uh, I, I think your characterization of it being sort of YMCA, but with a Muslim flavor, uh, is quite apt. Um, in, in fact, I think in early conversations, if I recall with Sam, I think that was sort of the, I mean, that was by design and by intent. Um, and I think um, like maybe even at like a JCC, like a community center, a true community center, um, in addition to uh, physical wellness, but also being able to provide a space for content and dissemination of knowledge and uh, um, you know information related to well-being um, intellectually and spiritually. So. Mm -hmm. Um, again, uh, thank you so much, Zachary, for making this happen. It's our pleasure. Yeah, you're doing great work, and the guests that you have on, uh, you know, monthly, it, it's it's really uh, an inspiration. The 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 conversations that you're having with uh, every, everyone in our community. Oh, thank you, and I think we continue that trend uh, today, Zachary. Maybe uh, perhaps tell our listeners a little bit about. Uh, Zachary's background, and then we can kind of launch into what we do best, which is uh, tell origin stories. Well, and it's nice to, uh, you know, uh, five years we've been doing this show, and some of the uh, quality uh, content has been fuzzy. Some of the actual content has been fuzzy, maybe. I don't know. But uh, we're trying. We're doing our best. And uh, it's crazy to be like five five years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, we just had the idea, and then it's amazing the conversations we've had and uh, the places we've ended up. That's right. And, and, and in those five years, we've seen, uh, I, I think, the space in terms of Muslim podcasting really grow. And I, and, and I think that's, that's wonderful. Um, we've got um, so and, many. And, and I would offer not just in podcasting. I think the presence mm. of Muslims in culture has grown exponentially in ways that were far-fetched when we started doing this show. That's right. That's right. It's amazing what how much has changed in five years. It's yeah. really been kind of a sea change in in in, in, in some areas. Um, I, know, I know we reflected on uh, Hassan Minhaj and and what representation means. And um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's been it's been quite a, it's been quite a journey and one we continue to uh, continue to traverse. Yeah. Well, uh, you heard uh, from Zach. So just to give uh, all of you a sense of the the giant uh, personage we're, we're privileged <laughs> to be sitting with, uh, uh, Zachary Markwith is a doctoral candidate in Islamic studies at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley. He earned an MA in Comparative Religious Studies at the George Washington University and a BA in Islamic and Near Eastern Studies at the University of California in Santa Barbara. His research and teaching interests include Muslim sacred texts and spiritual traditions, intrafaith and interfaith 
Faith, Relations, and Dialogue, Just War and Nonviolence. He's worked for several nonprofit organizations, including the Covenants Initiative, Council on American Islamic Relations, the International Peace Project, and Food Not Bombs. And he is here uh, now at uh, the Hub Foundation, and uh, we're grateful to have you spending an hour with us. Thank you so much. It's it's really a, a pleasure and honor to be here. Some of the other guests that you've had, you know, Dr. Uh, Omar Farouk Abdullah and and uh, others. It's you know, it's uh, you know, I'm 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 humbled to be with you and 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 as we did before the interview, just would love to have conversations about the work that you're all doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and, and I think we'd be remiss. Uh, you know, I, I know we've talked uh, a, a bit about nine, Hub Nine Two Five, the space, but perhaps say say a little a bit about the Hub Foundation and, and, and your role here. Sure, sure. Yes, yeah, so Hub Foundation is the nonprofit uh, side of Hub 925, and it's also, it was also established by um, our, our founder, Sam, and it, it sort of uh, focuses on education, and we, we have three areas that we, we, we work uh, on. One is providing grants to local organizations, uh, especially those that are uh, schools and uh, food banks, for example. Uh, the, the second is a scholarship program, and we provide seven uh, scholarships each year to students in Islamic studies and related fields. Um, each recipient, we just awarded uh, our 2018-2019 our recipients received $20,000. So if you're in the field, but it doesn't have to be Islamic studies. It can also be political science, anthropology, psychology. The only requirement is that you, you know, study uh, Islam and, and or Muslims mm-hmm. and in, incorporate their voices into your research. Um, and then the third area is the, these live talks that mm-hmm. we've called uh, hub talks after the TED Talks model. And you've been to some of them. You've helped us even organize some of them, uh, Parvez. So... Um, and you can also visit our website, hub-foundation.org, to, to view some of these talks. We've had Karen Armstrong speak on compassion in Islam, uh, Noam Chomsky, Chris Hedges, and Dr. Khaled Abu al-Fadl came and spoke on the American-Israeli-Saudi alliance. And we've also had Dr. Omid Safi speak on uh, his, his new book on uh, radical love mm-hmm. in uh, the Islamic mystical tradition. And Sheikh Hamza, uh, we were grateful to have him speak on, you know, Islam in in the United States. That's right. So uh, we're we're we have it. Uh, our next program, which which I'm excited about, is with two um, uh, really remarkable scholars uh, speaking on uh, the spirituality and nonviolence of Sheikh Ahmedou Bamba, hmm. the Senegalese nonviolent uh, Muslim sage and social reformer, and uh, the, the two scholars are uh, uh, Sheikh Mohammed Adyenka Mendez and uh, Dr. Rudolf Bilal Ware. And uh, they'll be, uh, Sheikh Mohammed will be discussing uh, uh, Bamba's uh, spiritual methodology, his treatises, and poetry. And then uh, Dr. Ware will, be, will look at uh, Bamba's dreams, visions, and nonviolent covenant with the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon him, which is fascinating. Mm. So anyone who's interested in what we can learn from uh, Muslims in West Africa, I would encourage you to come out January 26th. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, and I mean, two remarkable scholars talking about um, this wonderful sage in Muslim history uh, at the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the, uh, 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, so I guess, uh, as we often like to do, um, uh, Start with the, the sort of the beginning, uh, uh, maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and your background, uh, where you hail from, and, and what drew you to Islam um, in particular. Sure, sure. So I was born in uh, the Central Valley and, and, ra- and raised uh, Sacramento initially, and then moved to uh, Modesto, and, and finally uh, sort of call home Fresno. Mm. Uh, which is where I grew up, and those those were uh, that's where I had my my formative years. I was raised Roman Catholic, although my father uh, was was Presbyterian, my mother was Catholic, mm. so we we sort of had um, uh, an ecumenical household, mm. and and I think that influenced me from the beginning. My my father would always come to church with us, even though he didn't take the sacraments. 
he would sit in the back respectfully. Hmm. Um, but over time, myself and my family actually uh, had had some difficulties with certain aspects of um, uh, the church as an organization per se, not necessarily Christianity. Okay. Um, so I started, uh, you know, reading uh, books from the world's religions, uh, especially uh, two two traditions initially. Okay. The the Chinese and the Islamic. And at the time, I was concerned about the the environment, about uh, war, about um, the, the 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 sort of um, racism and other issues, and and found that uh, these these problems are pretty immense, and and we can't really do it on our own. Hmm. So so we need the help of heaven, mm. and uh, and so I found in these two traditions this emphasis on. Uh, a, a sort of non-anthropomorphic God that was mysteriously everywhere. And at the same time... Everywhere uh, and yet not contained by time and space. Right, and, yeah, right. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and really this, this, this principle of unity, mm-hmm. I think, is which, which is, I would say, the hallmark of all traditions, but especially of Islam, Tawheed, the doctrine of uh, there, there's, there's one God, there's ultimately one reality, but known by different names and different traditions and cultures uh allah brahman god the Tao, etc um this this seemed quite intuitive uh and and confirmed by the outward complement of revelation Mm. um and so feeling that that we sort of need the help of heaven and, and 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 wanting to find sort of a home tradition to root myself in i found in islam this this emphasis on the not only the doctrine of unity, but also a chain of prophets extending from, you know, Adam, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, mm. and and the Quran also says unto every people or nation we've sent a prophet. So you 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 can uh, extrapolate from that this this idea that Chinese receive prophets, the Indians, the the Africans, the the peoples of the Americas, and uh, uh, Europeans, etc. So, so by virtue of accepting Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, as the last prophet, one also accepts those who came before him. The 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 the, the wherever the truth is found um, across time and space, mm-hmm. and and I would say it's not only uh, a closing, but it's also an opening of something else. As as uh, Islam has this rich tradition of 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 saints and sanctity and, and wisdom. And that's sort of been the focus of my, my research moving forward. Right. Um, as, as someone who was sort of raised in the church, um, the idea of one God was probably not as radical uh, of a change as did you struggle with, uh, you know, the Christian conceptualization of Christ uh, or, the, or the triune God. Um, was that something that, um, you know, took you out of the church or something you struggled with? And hence, you know, with Islam, not only with the emphasis on Tawheed, but the way Islam views Christ in the place of this, this, this progression of prophets. Um, I'm curious if that... A bit later, mm-hmm. I, I did some, you know, theological studies into Christianity uh, in academia but um, at the time, that wasn't my primary concern. At the time, my primary concern was we have this legacy uh, in the West, and particularly in Western Christianity, not necessarily other uh, Christianity in other parts of the world, but of you know racism, of uh, misogyny, of um, you know supporting the slave trade and the extermination of, of Native Americans. Mm-hmm. So this this is what bothered me, but then later I found Christianity does have a beautiful side, mm-hmm. and it was actually as a Muslim that I found that mm-hmm. reading people like Thomas Merton, Louis Massignon, mm-hmm. uh, that that they have a side really concerned about the poor and uh, the dispossessed, as I believe Jesus himself was. Peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. So I, I am concerned now about the theological issues, mm-hmm. but. Um, it, for me, it's it's enough that most Christians say that 
they have one God. Right. And, right. and, uh, if, if they don't insist that there's, uh, three, then I'll say, <laughs> we'll, I agree with you. There's one God. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, so do you have like a, a, a moment in time where you take the formal Shahada or, or accept the faith formally? It was that prior yes. to your studies, academic yes. studies in yes. Islam? It was, um, so I was 18 or 19. It was over 20 years ago. Mm. And initially, I was was studying with some friends, and we just sort of said the Shahada together, not knowing the exact procedure. Mm. But okay. the, in, the intention was there. Mm -hmm. And then about a year later, uh, I said it formally with um, one of uh, the teachers I studied with from uh, West Africa. Mm and a group of people. And um, so, yeah, that was 20 years ago. And um, Alhamdulillah, you know, mm -hmm. since then studied with teachers from other parts of the world, um, Indonesia, uh, the Middle East, Amman, Syria, and uh, Iran as well. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm, I'm really interested in, in sort of um, the different expressions of Islam. Right. Uh, geographically, uh, also uh, across history and and across denomination. Mm. And and I I think that we're in need in this time of a um, sort of not only mutual respect but really understanding that we can learn from Muslims of different perspectives. Mm. That that and if and all you have to do is read a classical text to right. see that you know. We can learn something if 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 you happen to be uh, Shi, you can learn something from even Arabi, who's a Sunni, or Imam Al Ghazali. Mm -hmm. If you're uh, Sunni, you can learn something from Nasruddin Tusi or Mullah Sadr. That's right. Uh, it, it's it's interesting that you went there uh, with regards to talking about Shiism and Sunniism because one of the things, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you as sort of a follow up, just given your background, um, as you mentioned, kind of ecumen ecumenical, even within the Christian tradition, Roman Catholic mm -hmm. on one side, Presbyterian on the other. Um, oftentimes when people characterize Shi'i, Sunni, uh, they, they, they do so as describing them as denominations of, of within Islam. Um, and I think there are certainly parallels that can be made between let's say Shiism and Catholicism and say Sunnism and Protestant is you know like Protestant the Protestant reform and the movements or the um, the denominations that come out of that tradition um, do you do you tend to agree with that kind of characterization right right it's possible because we're translating terms from Arabic, yeah right? it's always so, problematic so I think we're, we're we, we sort of use uh, shorthand English like when we refer to you know tasawwuf as spirituality it's mm. not exactly spirituality but in the case of, of sunni and shi islam they they have different madhabs and um they have different uh, theologies and occasionally different uh turuk um but i think what's Spiritual really paths. different is, is the historical narrative mm -hmm. is different and and the text the corp the, the two uh collections of texts because the methods are somewhat similar mm -hmm. or, you know, there's, there's, uh, from, from my studies, the, and these are the two that I know the best actually, are the Maliki and the Jafri, uh, schools. They, they actually have as much in common as the Maliki and the Hanbali, mm -hmm. you know, both, both Malikis and Jafri's pray with their, their hands to their sides. Yeah. They, they, um, the, the Jafri's in, insist that you, you pray on the earth, whereas, the, the Malikis recommend that you pray on a, on a natural surface. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that these areas of confluence are interesting, but also their differences yeah. that, that they're, they're not, uh, reducible, that they, they do have different historical narratives. And, uh, as an academic, you know, I, I, I love to go into both, uh, uh, traditions and, um, you know, learn as much as, as one can. Mm -hmm. Um, so academically you start off at UC Riverside? UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara. Okay. Okay. Well, that's right. And uh, you did religious studies there? I, yeah. I double majored in sociology and Islamic and Near Eastern studies. Mm. And so, um, uh, yeah, the, the religious studies would, would have come within the sort of... Near Eastern. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, a lot of people, maybe outside of academia, don't realize, but when we talk about the academic study of Islam, certainly in the West, um, it, it generally falls within... 
what is characterized as um, area studies, so mm -hmm. Near Eastern studies departments or Asian studies or okay. uh, Middle Eastern studies. Um, and then you also have um, religious studies as being right. the other sort of um, right. rubric within which Islam is studied academically. Right. So you started off in the sort of near e or area, area studies. area studies, right, yeah. which I think was a good start. Yeah, right. and I think the focus mm -hmm. in area studies, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I've just given in a previous life, I was uh, a budding academic, but um, <laughs> um, it, it, it is the focus on, I think, language. Exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, and I think that's the foundation for most academic work mm -hmm. within, you know, anything related to Islam, whether mm -hmm. it's in, in any field, really. Right. Um, so I, I focused on Arabic and then studied some Persian, but um, I'm not proficient enough <laughs> in <laughs> it's Persian. It's a language, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and I already, already kind of know what's ahead, so I'm going to just kind of uh, lead the question, as it were. Um, so what, what drew you to uh, George Washington for, mm -hmm. for, for your graduate work? Um, right. I mean, and it, I think at the time, or even now, right? What, was it George? It was George Washington. Right, right. right. Uh, Dr. Said Hussein Nasser is there. Yes, yes. Um, and so you had come across his writings, and I imagine right. that had a, right. some sort of an influence. Yes, I think, I think most of us who've, studied Islam in the English language have come across the writings of, of Dr. Nasr and the sort of school of scholars who he associates with the perennialists or the traditionalists, uh, Martin Lings, Titus Burkhart, uh, Rene Gaino and others. And uh, I, I was, I was quite, quite impressed and, um, by, by their writings and, uh, both their writings on Islam and on uh, sort of comparative religious mm -hmm. studies. Would you place uh, someone, I'm, another person I'm familiar with, uh, like Guy Eden in, mm -hmm. in that same sort of category? He, he is, yeah. Of scholars? I, he, he definitely identified uh, with, with that group. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Schwann. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I later had some reservations about um, uh, s some of those figures, Schwann in particular. Okay. Uh, and some of their views, and mm. uh, I would recommend to, to listeners to to read a couple of books. Um, number one, familiarize yourself with their books because they're they're most of them are quite good. Mm. But uh, for for a sort of sober, more sober assessment uh, of their writings and and a critique, I would recommend Mark Sedgwick's Against the Modern World. Yeah. And second, this new book by Gregory Gregory Lipton, Rethinking Ibn Arabi, oh. which which sort of questions um, perennialist readings of, of Ibn Arabi. Mm, fascinating. Yeah, so I do think Ibn Arabi was something of a universalist, mm. but not the way that the perennialists are. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I love, as a scholar, just looking at all of these um, visions and, um, and, and, and I'm not saying that, that, that one is right and the other is wrong, mm. but uh, it, there, there can be a tendency when scholars are studying all the religions to create what's called a meta narrative, mm. which which is which is what Lipton argues, wherein um, this sort of impulse to tie all these traditions together, to tie them together, mm -hmm. and to then claim uh, a universality, sort of sort of, sort of author interpretive authority ah. over those traditions. Mm. Okay, right. So so we recognize that they're all one, mm -hmm. but if you don't. You're 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 outside of the the circle. Mm. You're not an esoterist. You're not uh, an initiate. You don't really understand anything. You don't accept all of the religions the way that I accept mm. all of the religions, right? Right. So this is a this is a tendency that that uh, appears not only among the traditionalists and perennialists, but among other groups as well. Right. And it's it's a type of elitism, mm. which I think uh, Lipton shows has its roots in sort of Eurocentrism. Mm. And and actually anti-Semitism. So I, I would recommend it. We're going to try to have him, inshallah. I haven't put nothing scheduled yet, but right. <laughs> right, right. So, but I still appreciate yeah. much of the traditionalist corpus. Mm -hmm. um, their their writings on Muslim spiritual traditions, uh, Islamic philosophy, are, are are very good on art, mm -hmm. uh, critique of the excesses of modernity. Right. Um, I you know. I'm, I'm still in contact with a few of these folks, Charles Upton being one of them. He's, he's a remarkable writer. 
and uh, but but it definitely uh, took took a wrong turn somewhere. Okay. And uh, yeah, if you want to know more, t- check out Sedgwick. <laughs> right, right. So then, a- as your sort of contestation with, uh, with 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 perennialism, per, excuse me, perennialism grew. Um, you know, where did you then kind of find yourself to, um, you know? immerse yourself in a tradition that would respond to that adequately mm-hmm. or fulfill the missing pieces that you found lacking in, right. in that school. Right. So I don't know that, that we've, that, that I ha- I haven't really found, um, an adequate response, mm. uh, to that question. Okay. But I don't think that all the questions have to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, what exactly happened at the crucifixion? We may not know. You know, we know some of the details, mm-hmm. uh, but we may not know exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. The exact status of uh, the posthumous status of people from other faiths or people within our own faith, we may not know. Mm-hmm. So we can leave some things open-ended. Um, I think what most visions of pluralism seem to miss, uh, whether exclusivist, you know, there's only one way to God and it's through Jesus or it's through my understanding of Islam or whatever, mm-hmm. or the, the pluralist perennialist camp, which is all everyone saved from all the religions is that there is a distinction between those who practice their religion uh, in sincerity with faith and good works. Mm-hmm. In other words, those who are uh, pious and just and, and merciful. And, and, and the, the perennials don't, don't speak a lot about this, mm-hmm. that, that uh, it's, it's not as simple as people from all religions are saved. And uh, there, there, there's a distinction between, in, in my view, someone who's, who's feeding the poor um, out, out of, out of uh, a real uh, sense of service of khidmah to God, mm-hmm. to, to humanity, and, and not to, to show off. Yeah. And someone who might you know, be, you know, dressed, uh, as, as a perfect Muslim and have a, the, the right length beard, but is, is bombing the people of Yemen. Mm. <laughs> that person is not saved. I don't care if they call them. Well, God knows, maybe yeah. he's merciful, maybe right. he's merciful, yeah. but, uh, we need to, we need to start right. to bring this into the discussion right. and not only around Islam, but there are incredibly, uh, pious, just and merciful Christians, Christians. and Jews. Right. And I'd rather be with those folks sometimes mm-hmm. than, than someone who might be engaged in, in war uh, in our own faith. Right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm pondering what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's, uh, these are complicated conversations that uh, regardless of faith tradition, people don't want to engage in. And I, you know, I think we're in a, in a moment in history right now that uh, people are, I mean, I don't know what you would call it, post-religious, you know, in a way of people are leaving faith traditions, Mm -hmm. and at least partly or primarily because of these inherent, these, the contradictions they're finding between um, what's preached and how it's practiced. Right, right, or manifestations of, like, outward piety at the, uh, at the um, neglect of, you know, a real inner piety or... A a, 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 um, I, I guess uh, where that where that comes from, yeah, right, you know? right. I definitely people struggle with that. Yeah. I think Zucky um, raises a good point because I mean, what we're seeing is people, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're certainly not the first people to talk about this, but the idea of spirituality without religion, hmm. right, or the idea that I'm spiritual but I don't follow a particular faith tradition or belong to a, to to a faith. Right, right. I, I definitely prefer a balance mm-hmm. between the, the outward and the inward, uh, the Zahir and the Batan, mm. you know, and, and even Arabi was, is brilliant in this regard. So mm-hmm. he actually found the, the keys to spirituality, to mercy mm-hmm. through the letter, the letter of the Quran, the letter of the Sharia. And, and yet, because he really penetrated it and didn't just... Um, look at uh, the, the uh, sort of facile reading of texts, uh, he, I think he, he comes to some of these incredibly merciful mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and just understandings of, of the tradition. 
Um, but but in terms of pluralism, um, I I do think thoughtful folks have to think. You know, it's it's not just about what we call ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's it's how we're behaving. Mm -hmm. So we can nominally say. I'm Muslim, I'm, I'm Sunni, I'm Shia, I'm Sufi, I'm whatever, mm -hmm. or Christian or Jewish. Mm -hmm. but, but I think God looks at the hearts of people. And, and, and yet, I would say that these pathways, the established pathways, especially Islam, but also other faiths, in my view, uh, lead us to that, um, that purified heart, that, that state where uh, we're present to God, He's present to us, and and. We, re we recognize God in our neighbors as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and, and th th this may not necessarily lend itself to this conversation, but, um, I, you know, it, it makes me think of this, uh, you know, because there's this whole rich Sufi tradition that certainly comes to the United States, and, and, and you, you know, you and I, Zachary, we've talked about this uh, off mic, but, um, you know, like, for example, the tradition uh, that, Hazrat Inayat Khan brought to the United States in the what, or, you know, or early, early 20th, 20th century, yes. um, which for a lot of people, I think certainly those not familiar with the inner workings of that tradition, the you know, Sufi or universal Sufism or what have you, um, would, 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 would kind of describe it or uh, um, as, as a pejorative of being this kind of uh, the, the, an, an, an offshoot of the idea that we've been talking about, which is, you know, spirituality without religion or mm -hmm. spirituality, tariqa without sharia, if you mm -hmm. want to put it in, you know, right, in, in terms. Um, so do, would you agree with that kind of assessment? So, I, I, I think yeah, I've asked that yeah, question like four times in terms of do you agree with this assessment? <laughs> do you agree with that assessment? Sorry. Right. But, um, yeah. It can be. It can mm. be. Um, and, and, and if so, is that inherently problematic in your view? It, it can be. It I think it depends on the context. Okay. So, so what I'll first say is if, if one looks at, at, at uh, Hazrat Anayat Khan's life, yeah. and his, his, his grandson, Dr. Pirzia Anayat Khan, has actually studied and wrote his dissertation on this. Mm -hmm. he shows and spoke he, at, the, uh, right, at Hub 925. He spoke here. Mm -hmm. He shows that he was incredibly uh, uh, rooted and indebted to the, the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. And, and then other scholars have, have studied and shown how often it's the local communities in the West that receive teachers from mm. the East mm -hmm. that influence their pedagogy, okay. the way that they're teaching, uh, how Islamic or un-Islamic it is. Right. There's a certain expectation, mm. and it's, it's replayed over time. So some of these Sufi teachers, they come, and they're, they're sort of uber-Islamic, and and they they want to prove that they they have all of this knowledge, mm. and then there's some that that sort of minimize Islam, mm. and then there's some that are sort of in the middle. Okay. And and why I say it depends on context, uh, whether or not that's all right, mm -hmm. is because when Islam comes to a place when when it came to Arabia in the you know um, six ten A.D. Uh, it, people weren't expected to do everything from day one. It, there was a process of, of revelation. Right. It was 20, gradual. 22 to 23 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And uh, over time, the, the first thing was, was basically believe in the one God and, and, and give charity. The prayer, the formal prayer came about 12 years later. And then in Medina, you see many more laws. Mm -hmm. Now, I think some things, you know, from day one, you know, I, I think are, are helpful mm -hmm. to, to, to all of us. Um, Alcohol. I don't think alcohol is good for anyone, mm -hmm. so it's it's mm -hmm. helpful for, for people to give it up. Mm -hmm. But if people do struggle with things, uh, there are I think there are wise teachers who understand that it can take uh, time for a new faith to take roots in a place. Okay, and and to give people uh, a measure of of, of leeway. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you 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 definitely want them to have a foundation right. for themselves for future generations. I think the same argument can be made for uh, even the progression that one would see or one does see in the Nation of Islam and the teachings of uh, Elijah Muhammad. Yes. Um, even if we don't, even if, without even examining the legacy of, um, you know, of uh, Imam Warathin Muhammad, mm -hmm. uh, 
Rahimullah, you, 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 one argue, or you see arguments being made that, well, Elijah Muhammad was, say, more concerned with, you know, social teachings, ethics, morality, um, mm -hmm. the theology was less, so, was less a focus, but the idea was that eventually, you know, again, that's an argument that I've yes, heard. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I, well, I think even if <clears throat> he wasn't conscious of that... Right, his that followers. His followers, and, and one could argue, uh, you know, the, mm. the, sort of the will of, of heaven, yeah. that, that over time we're going to give right. all of us, people from different right. locations, mm -hmm. uh, more knowledge. Right. And, and so they, I think it comes in stages mm. when, when we're ready for it. But within his context, a lot of what he was saying makes a lot of sense as yeah. well, you yeah. know, in, in, in the context of... Um, you know, lynchings, yeah. and and we still have you know, police lynchings in in, in the form of of, of shootings and, and other forms of of killing. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't dismiss any mm. of any of these teachers. Yeah. Um, with that said, I I think we're 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 moving in a in a the the, the best direction is one that balances the 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 outer with the yeah, inner. That's that there's right. there's a measure of you know, these are the forms of the faith, right? The prayers, the charity, fasting, right. and and then, but don't forget your 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 heart, mm -hmm. and and the the sort of the inner life. Because the pushback, I mean, and 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 we can again, we can classify the pushback coming from quote unquote orthodoxy or whatever. But the idea of like malum uh, right? Like what is known of the faith or of the religion by necessity, or mm -hmm. what what maybe in vernacular we could say the, nego the, the negotiables and the non-negotiables, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I I think there are you know the voice of orthodoxy uh, tends to be far more inclusive in terms of what that encompasses. Right. Like, look, these are the non-negotiables, or this is ma'num min ad um, but, uh, but then there's others who take a more, uh, say, um, I don't want to say lax, but a more wide interpretation of what that covers. Yes, yes. I mean, I definitely think that, that we should recognize these are the imperatives and essentials of Islam, mm. the pillars and uh, certain prohibitions right. and so forth. With that said... I.e. The, the outward, right, the, the outward, the outward reality. And, and I do think that those are pathways to, to, to the inner. Mm. It's, they're, right. they're, not, they're not simply That's what they're there surface for. level. Right. You know, the, 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 there's, a, there's a, not a well-known hadith that, that where the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, says that the prayer, salat, is the mihraj of the believer, the mm. spiritual ascension. Mm -hmm. And so there's a sense that, you know, one is journeying spiritually closer to God, even mm. if we don't see it. Right. When we pray, not only salat, I would argue, but also um, supplication, dhikrullah, other forms That's of prayer. Right. Um, but, uh, but, but, but there was this one scholar that, that I studied with, and, and he, was, he was quite orthodox and still is, and, uh, you know, followed all the details of the sunnah to a T. But he said, uh, it's not written on the throne. Uh, the five pillars aren't written on the throne. What's written on the throne is, my mercy precedeth my wrath. That's right. And the Quran begins with, Bismillah rahman rahim And the Prophet is a mercy unto all the worlds. So I think putting first things first, I would argue, is, is uh, God's, uh, uh, an, an acknowledgement and an awareness of God's rahmah. Mm -hmm. And, and an awareness of uh, our need to reflect or embody that, depending on your perspective, mm -hmm. in, in the world towards other human beings. Right. And that's how people respond to religion. They, they feel the presence of God. Mm -hmm. uh, in, 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 and, and, and then, you know, if, if someone's a non-Muslim, you know, you can say, you shouldn't eat pork, you, sh you shouldn't drink. Uh, you should pray this many times and fast during Ramadan, but if they don't feel God, the 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 rahma of God, in uh, their own reflections and prayers, but also in their encounters with Muslims, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to be compelling. Mm -hmm. So, I, and when you study the history of Islam, it's the the great Allah who who had this barakah, who had who to some measure mm -hmm. reflected the, the mercy of the prophet and the mm -hmm. mercy of God. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, just again for the sake of defining certain terms. I mean, when, when you say olia of Allah, you know, you're referring to sort of the rich tradition of saints within the Muslim tradition, certainly both Sunni and Shi'i tradition. Right. And they, uh, they, they weren't usually neglectful of the the formal side. Right. It's just right. that it's just that um, I think they they realized uh, a, 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 that the presence of God mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or or and uh, were able to act as a as a sort of uh, channel for that right right yeah i mean again i, I can't help but draw or, or th think of and maybe this is a, a way to kind of wrap the conversation um for this episode which is um you know reading dr jackson uh for example in islam and the black american or or islam and the problem of black suffering you know he, he talks about you know the ways in which muslim theology um, can adequately address the needs and the suffering of black people in the United States. And I think that what, a lot of what we're talking about is how do we make uh, Islam or religion um, at large, but Islam in particular, uh, relevant to the American um, psyche without compromising any aspects of the religion. Right. Um, is and, and and I think there's a I mean and I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. That that is, you can speak in a language that is relevant and meaningful to people's lives without um, compromise or, or or yeah without compromising uh, tenets of the faith. Right. Um, and and I think a conversation that you gentlemen were having um, off <laughs> mic um, <laughs> is, is 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 I think a fascinating one, which is. You know, what we see in the zeitgeist, for example, right now uh, in America is, you know, superheroes. Uh, I think Zucky's ears finally perked up. Um, but oh, the no, I've, I've been, <laughs> no, no, I know, I'm, I've I'm been kidding. perked up this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, that whole mythology. And so how can religion, I mean, notwithstanding the fact that we have certain Muslim writers who actually are writing or continuing that mythology, right? I mean. Willa Wilson, um, you know, we've had Sana Manat on the show. S Saladin Ahmed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Future guest. Um. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> but uh, you know, who who kind of speak in that in that me in that medium. But uh, uh, I, I think all of that, um, it, you know, kind of talk. And, and you know, for example, I know you and I, uh, Zaki, we've had rich conversations around the last uh, Star Wars entry, and 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 sure. certainly. One can't help but talk about tradition and religion when we talk about, you know, The Last Jedi. Well, I, I think I, there's a broader conversation, mm. and this is what Zach and I were talking about earlier, about heroic archetypes that perpetuate and how what people respond to more above and beyond, you know, the the feats and the powers and everything else. Right, like you were talking about superpowers and feats, and then, like, I think Zachary... No, the other way. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. got it. And then tying it into, like, the like the karamat and, and mm -hmm. things that are beyond the the norm, let's say, right, right? Of, right. of a miraculous, na like, nature. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I was asking, Zachy, about, yeah. you know, the connection between uh, the sort of the, the miracles of the prophets and the saints mm. and the superpowers that we see and he said something fascinating. I'll let you. <laughs> uh, well, I, the 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 point I was making or attempting to make is that is that it's their super morality mm. that we respond to, and that you know this notion of people. You know, if if you take a, a framework of a fantastic story, the 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 element that we can relate to isn't necessarily people you know, flinging uh, buildings at each other or whatever, but we can, this idea of what is the right thing to do mm. in this situation, right? And and uh, I can't remember if we said this on mic, but certainly uh, we talked, you and I have talked before about, you know, what Stan Lee sort of put out into the world. And I said, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and how, how much that's like every religious tradition keys into that notion. Mm. Uh, in this new film, that's this new Spider-Man. They they frame it a different way. They say, "With great ability comes great accountability." <laughs> right, and I I I think there's is that Homecoming or is that the no, Spider Verse uh, into the Spider Verse? Yeah, okay, okay, you know, fascinating. And it you know, and I really what was it the, again? With great ability comes great accountability. Accountability, okay, right. Oh, yeah. And I think that's you know there, that's a truism. That's mm. that's that's uh, 
irrespective of whether you subscribe to a religious tradition, that's something that speaks in every religious tradition, mm. right? And and you know that that no, you know, I was telling Zach like, well, you know, Superman. Why do people respond to it? Well, it's a it's a it's a Christ myth. Yeah, you know, right? And and how many of these stories are, fall into that same archetype? And then right. I, what I was saying, and not not to diminish, uh, obviously the importance of our tradition, but the stories of the prophets, their origin stories. <laughs> you know, yeah, there. That's it's what we what we read those stories specifically because what is it? It's about somebody taking the turn from a normal life into something that is super normal. Right. That awareness that comes, that awareness of you've taken your first steps into a broader world. Mm. Those are the stories. Those are the stories we always read about, right? Yeah. It's 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 when when did uh, this person yeah. become exceptional? This and is a deep cut, but I remember this conversation we were having with Mirage when we had him talking about his book on the Sira, right? Yeah. And and we right. and we tied it into um, uh, the idea, the the arc of the hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From uh, um, Joseph Campbell. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and and tying that into the story of not only the Sira of the yeah. prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, but also um, you know Malcolm Malcolm's mm. story, you know, um, and and so yeah, really fascinating conversation. Um, and I couldn't help but as you were describing, you know, or or, or t- 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 you know talking about the things you're, you're, you that you just mentioned, you know, C.S. Lewis, right? I mean, when he when he when he writes. Um, his fantastic stories, mm. um, you know, it's a known fact now that, I mean, it was all Christ metaphors and it was Christianity being told right. through mm-hmm. the means or the medium of this, of this fantasy tale, right? right? Um, I don't know if one can make the same about Tolkien, but I mean, you know, but all, but all the great writers um, that we celebrate, um, you know, there was a, whether it's religion or not, uh, social commentary. So, like for example, Wizard of Oz, you know, the, 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 there are tales of the fantastic, but a, at its core is this either a social critique in the case of Wizard of Oz or Alice in Wonderland uh, or talking about religion, you know, in the case of like someone like C.S. Lewis or mm-hmm. modern comic books. I mean, I think ultimately mm-hmm. uh, what it comes down to is this idea of once you've achieved awareness, you can't, you can't uh, go back to uh, just solely thinking about yourself, mm. right? In a, in my class a couple of weeks ago, we were unpacking Maslow's hierarchy, mm. right? And, and and you know what is that, right? We have the survival tier, short term survival, long term survival, your social need, self esteem, right? So those purely self. It's all about the self. And then what's the very top of the hierarchy, right? It's self actualization. Mm. And what is self actualization? It's that moment where you realize. I have everything I need. Now I can start thinking about other people, right? Mm. It's not about me. It's not about me, right? Mm. And and that note, I mean, again, every single person is on the hierarchy. We define those tiers in different ways, but that, that idea of striving towards self-actualization, we define it in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, the, I, I in my class, right, I give the example of like Bill Gates has given away the equivalent of his net worth, he's worth $80 billion or whatever it is, he's given that much away. Why? Because he hit this point where he's like, what am I supposed to do with all this? Mm. Right? There's nothing, like, I, everything I need, I, I have, right? And I said, and I always tell my kids, I'm like, that, my students, that doesn't mean you only achieve self-actualization when you have $80 billion. Because mm. I said, look at Mother Teresa. She lived her entire life in poverty, but giving to other people mm. because she's like, I have whatever I need, mm. right? But this idea that that's what we are, ultimately, that's what we, you... You're trying to get to a place where you're not purely consumed by the self. And obviously, every day we look at the president's Twitter feed and we're like, man, this guy's this cat's never going to hit self-actualization because I don't think he's he. I mean, you know what I mean? He's Clearly just not wired that way. He's just not wired that way. And some of us never do. But the idea that that's mm. that's where we're trying to get to mm. that when we then wire that into the, the mythologies that we plug into, we see the through line. Whether it's whether it's uh, 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 Frodo Baggins or 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 Luke Skywalker or or Superman or Katniss, same thing. It's the same idea, mm. right? We we the 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 heroes, quote unquote, that we that achieve longevity are the ones who model selflessness, mm. right? Mm. They're the ones who last, right? You know. I'd like to mention a couple of points. The first, um, there's this great writer, you may know him, Mahmoud Shelton, mm-hmm. who studied literature, I believe, at Stanford, 
he's he's written on the Lord of the Rings and oh. uh, its relationship, its connection to Islam, and also these great essays on Star Wars. So I'll, I'll give a plug for <laughs> nice. for, for our um, uh, media site, Lamp Media. We we hope to launch through Hub Foundation. Right. He'll, he'll, he's one of the contributors. Wonderful. He's, he's written something on the, the new uh, episodes of Star Wars. Um, an- another re- sort of really reflection. Look reading that. Yeah, huh? uh, it's it's he's he's a, he's a, a great writer. Another uh, reflection I had that one of the the qualities that sort of most impresses me about, I think we see it in the in the prophets and saints, and we see it in the in the superheroes is self control. Hmm. And uh, you know, we Rumi retells this famous story of Imam Ali on the battlefield. Uh, when he he had overtaken this fierce opponent, and you know, so so Ali's superpower, one of them anyway, was that he he was a great warrior, the, the greatest of his time, mm-hmm. and yet uh, and the, and then the man you know spits in his face, right. Right. and instead of uh, slaying the opponent at that point, he gets up and walks away, and uh, and and you know in. in and uh, when he when he's, he spat on his face, Rumi calls him the the, the, the pride of all of the prophets and saints. Mm. And he's able to walk away, uh, and 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 then the man, as a result of that uh, virtue, you know, and self control, he he embraces Islam according to the story. And we see this, you know, sort of recreated, you know, in in, in other stories throughout time. Um, I heard a I heard a, a story of a contemporary Sufi, Ba Muhayyadi, mm-hmm. and I met the person who witnessed this. Mm-hmm. A man uh, comes to his, his, his Ba was where he was staying in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. and um, for some reason the man blamed him for all of his problems. Something had happened with his family. I'm not sure what, but he blamed the teacher, the Muslim teacher Bawa, for his problems, and uh, he he he's he's he comes with a a, a knife. He's wanting to kill him. And uh, the person who told me this story, he, he like works at the UN and mm. other places, he's very trustworthy. He, he, when, when the man comes with a knife and he's red in the face, Bawa sticks out his neck and moves towards the knife. He says, if this will make you happy, mm. you can take my life. Mm. The man drops the knife, starts weeping. Mm. I mean, incredible self-control. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and a loving yeah. kindness mm-hmm. for uh, all of creation, right? Even someone who's uh, out to wrong you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I th- and and uh, I think to Zucky's point, uh, you know, it, it's 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 not only um, these stories or or that that, that we hear um, tales of morality. I mean, they're not just you know. We, 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 we don't just find them in religious traditions, but we find them in, you know, we can also find them in popular culture as well yeah. and, and other, other other mediums. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really I, I, if, if, uh, looking forward to reading the articles that you mentioned. I, I think that would be a fascinating conversation at some later point as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, this this entire hour has been a fascinating conversation, and, couldn't think of a better way to uh, uh, inaugurate our experiences in this in this space uh, than with all the ground that we covered. My gosh, we yeah. we ran the gamut, and uh, <laughs> I think uh, hopefully I, I think people listening will find it uh, uh, fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe um, as as we close out, um, uh, what's um, you know beyond your work here at the Hub Foundation? Um, you're also pursuing your GT, you know your your PhD uh, at the you know, graduate theological union, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a peek on, on what you're working on and, and, and maybe where people can um, engage you uh, in, your, in, in your writings. Sure, sure. So, so I, I focus on the Hadith Qudsi literature, mm. a Hadith Qudsiya, or sacred sayings of God uh, that were spoken through the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And I, I, I believe that this is a key for, for, for our uh, understanding of Islam as a whole, mm. uh, but also its, its uh, spiritual traditions. I believe that it influenced uh, the, the later development of uh, Tasawwuf and Irfan, um, what are now called is Sufism and, and Gnosis. Um, 
and there's I'm working on one text in particular called the Hadith and Nawafil, the the saying of uh, super arrogatory works, and it essentially goes uh, as I think you you and your listeners know, uh, a, a, a servant draws near through the obligatory rites, the i.e. the the prayer, mm. charity, fasting. Uh, and continues to draw near, near to me through the super arrogatory, the extra right, uh, mm. prayers, yeah. extra salat, zikrullah, charity, etc., until I love him or them, if you prefer. Uh, and when I love him, I become the hearing with which he hears, the seeing with which he sees, the hand with which he grasps, and the foot with which he walks. So I'm interested in this tradition and, and how it influenced figures like uh, the, well, first the family of the prophet, I believe it influenced them and certain close companions. Mm. It was, it was narrated, uh, by, uh, Abu Harira in, in Sahih Bukhari. It was also narrated in, um, uh, Usul al-Kafi, uh, by Imam Jafar al-Sadiq. Mm. So we have, we have multiple narrations, um, both considered authentic right. by Sunnis and, and Shi's. And Shi. Yeah. Mm. But they considered, uh, their own version to be the most authentic and they're they're almost identical except in the she narration it also says i become the tongue with which he speaks mm. Mm. uh so i believe this influenced uh the 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 prophet peace and blessings be upon him his family certain companions and the early sufis like halaj and bayezid and then i i sort of follow that up with research on ibn arabi and and uh scholars within the sort of Akbari tradition mm -hmm. because what, I think what they have to say might be the most interesting in, in, in the way of a commentary of the city. Mm. Fascinating. Because he essentially says, I'll just give you in a nutshell, um, that because <clears throat> how do we understand this? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's sort of an enigma. But but there's there's some who, who, ta who take it at face value. That, that we, that the, that, that, you know, we, we always talk about the, the Sufis as being the ones who, who go around the the letter of the ah. law, the letter of the text. Right. When in reality, they're the ones who take this text seriously. Mm. They're the one who take the, the letter of the text at face value. Right. And uh, even literally. Even perhaps. literally. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so but what even Arbi says is fascinating is that God is perpetually the hearing and the seeing mm. of of all hearing, all seeing, and that which transcends created hearing and seeing. Mm. And, and, and when the servant draws near, they become aware of the situation that God has always been their hearing and their seeing. Mm. Yeah, which, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of tied it back directly to what Zaki had said earlier. It's like self-actualization and, and, and the idea of gnosis or modifa. Like you can't go, once, you're, once you arrive at that point, you, there's no going back to what you said earlier. But, uh, well, thank you so much, Zachary. It's really been a pleasure. And, uh, uh, again, um, you know, thank you for the space, but also for uh, having such an engaging conversation with us. And like you said, Zaki, I um, couldn't think of a more uh, or a better guest and a better way to inaugurate um, uh, our, new, uh, our new space. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe you can close this out where people, where people can find, find us and engage us and... Um, hear all their wonderful thoughts. And yeah, please uh, let us know uh, what you think of the show. You can uh, send us an email at diffusedcongruence at gmail.com. You can also hit like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash diffusedcongruence. Also, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Leave a star rating. Uh, every little bit helps. And if you uh, do like what we're doing, please spread the word. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at my website, zakiscorner.com. That's Z-A-K-I-S corner. That's also my Twitter. And I know, Pervez, you're on Twitter as well. Yeah, Pervez at Fatno. Hit and me up. Hit, hit, hit him up. There you go. And uh, we will uh, look forward to catching you next uh, time we record here uh, at Debris Congruence. Thank you once again to Hub925. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time.